0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the War Memorial Opera House and the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education Meet the Artist Program. I'm Cheryl Osola, a writer for San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine. I'd also like to welcome our podcast listeners. Many of these interviews are available on our website, our new interactive website at sfballet.org. So make sure you stop by. There are lots of extras on there, photos, videos, the company's blog, Open Studio 455. Today is Sunday, February 26, 2012, and I have the pleasure of interviewing principal dancer Vito Matzeo. Please welcome him. Thank you. Vito has been very busy lately, and he's here on his day off. In programs two and three, he dances five out of six ballets, 14 performances in 11 days, I think. Yeah. So, before we talk about what he's doing now, let's just go back in time a little bit. And Vito was born in, uh, let's see if I get this right, Vibo Valentia, which is in the Calabria region of southern Italy, in the toe of the boot. And he trained at La Scala Ballet School, which is associated with the famous La Scala Opera House in Milan. And then he danced with uh, the Royal Ballet from 2005 to 2008 then Rome Opera Ballet, and joined San Francisco Ballet as a soloist in 2010. That same year, he was awarded, uh, oh, that's not a good phrase, awarded two awards <laughs> for his artistry. Um, the Premio Positano Leonid Massin Award for Best Italian Dancer, and the Danza and Danza Award for Best Dancer of the Year. And then, after only one year with San Francisco Ballet, he was promoted to principal dancer. (laughs) So, Vito, why don't you tell us what got you interested in ballet and how you ended up training at La Scala?
1: Um, So, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, actually. I saw Winter Dreams, and I fell in love with that ballet. And I asked my mother, I think I want to do this in my life. And so I started to do classes. Still, I was in Calabria in the southern of Italy. And one teacher saw me and said, you should try to go to Milan to really study ballet. So I auditioned there. They took me. And I started my ballet study like this when I was 11. So I moved from Calabria to Milan when I was 11. And I went there straight to all the years. It was seven years until I was almost 18. It was a wonderful time. I, I loved that.
0: And did you move there with your family or all by yourself?
1: All by myself, yeah. I was there. We had, like, a dormitory, you say? Yeah, and so all the guys stayed there. And, yeah, it was quite, quite hard. But when you get older, I mean when you realize that this was, that I was very lucky because I had my family with me all the time in my heart, but they they weren't there. But I could, like, grow very quickly. Like, it was amazing because you, the responsibility goes very fast and so you realize that your life is this and so you have to be you have to look straight forward and don't have any like, I don't know, strange idea to go like to a club until five o'clock in the morning and then the next day you have performance. So you really grow up very quickly but it's a beautiful thing because you can live all by yourself and be very responsible and take care of yourself and I think I was lucky. <laughs>
0: so do you recall in particular what it was about winter dreams that so appealed to you?
1: Um, it was in Turin if I'm not wrong. I, I saw the Royal Ballet performing. And last year actually I had the chance to do it. And so when I saw my name I went like, Oh my god, that's this was my dream when I was when I was a kid and yeah. And I remember it was Vigien doing that.
0: Which I love. So, yeah. Okay, and then um, so, you know you spent five years dancing with those two other companies. What brought you to San Francisco Ballet?
1: Uh, I saw the San Francisco Ballet in London, and I loved that. I love all the programs they brought to London, and I think it was time to to change to have some new ballet created on me, so I know this company does a lot of new creation, new ballet, and it gives you so much. We are touring a lot. We have great coaches. We have a great audience. So I wanna just to, to change and to see where I can go, how I can work with other choreographer, how I can, I don't know, just, It's just to change kind of repertoire. I was uh, doing the same thing over and over, so I said, I need to change. If I want to have a great career, if I want to have more international career, I need to to change.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you had a fairly varied rep in your other companies. Think Balanchine, uh, Nijinska, uh, Macmillan. But San Francisco's rep, as you say, is extremely diverse. So how was that transition for you?
1: It was amazing, especially first year, because I started with two ballets that I really knew, uh, Winter Dreams and Chroma, because I was in the original second cast in the Royal Ballet, Chroma. And so I started with these two things, and I could, like feel myself more home because I, I knew the choreography and then Elgie took me for his ballet so I started to work with him, with my director and and then all this new choreographer like Edward Leon came and so slowly I I realized that I, I can work with a choreographer and I can do what they want and how I can feel better and I, it was a slow process, but and it still has to go. But it's amazing that that you the result of of like some choreography or some rehearsal, and then you see yourself and say, "Yeah, that's a good thing. I did a good thing." And yeah, and it's nice to see the face of the choreographer happy because you did what he wants. Yeah, we are just instrument. Because he is creativity, he puts his creativity to us, and we have to put this creativity alive so it's a hard thing, but when you see a happy face, you are happy too
0: <laughs> well that's great that you had that little ease in transition so um, in in program three, which our audience will see today, um, you've played two bad guys of a sort. Yeah. Giovanni is in uh, Yuri Posikov's ballet, Francesca da Rimini, which is based on Dante. And then, um, I don't think I'm giving away too much by saying you play a sort of death figure in, in the second movement of Helgi Thomasson's trio. Um, what's it like to do those sort of darker roles? And, and do you approach them any differently than you do any other role? Is it more fun?
1: It is more fun, actually. Yeah, I love doing the bad boy.
0: (laughs) But he is dancing Romeo next month, so... Uh,
1: Yeah, I do both. (laughs) But usually, yeah, they use me a lot for... Probably for my look, I don't know. But, yeah, I usually do the bad boy. Anyway, yeah, I love to work with Yuri Bosco. It was the first time for me. And, yeah, especially on this ballet, in this story, because... Paolo Francesca for us is like Romeo and Juliet for English people. It's the story, the love story. And yeah, it was amazing and he's such a great, he it has such a great brain and his movement is just amazing. And you see how he moves and you try to copy him, but it's quite impossible because he was a fabulous dancer. And, and when he shows to us all the step, you can still see that the movement, like he, he comes from inside, from mm-hmm. from all his heart, especially. And I read uh, Dante. And we used to read a lot of Dante in, in Italy. So it's like, yeah, it's like Shakespeare for English people. He's our great poet, so. And I love doing that because I think I'll, I, I try to, to don't just be evil because he realized that his brother is doing that to him. He's a little bit shocked about that. That's the first impression that I have when I come in at the last moment, when I saw them like, kissing him, you know. The first thing that I that I I think is, like, my brother's doing this to me. It's not my wife. Because especially at that time in Italy, and still, the family is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So the first thought is, oh, my God, my brother's doing this to me. And then I get angry because my wife is doing that to me, too. <laughs> so, yeah, and in this craziness, I... I killed them. But it was kind of allowed at that time in the Renaissance because, yeah, it it seems awkward, but it was allowed because if your wife is doing that to you, you're almost allowed to kill her because it's the honor, you know? uh, But
0: you did go to hell for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. They did go too. So (laughs) we all go there. (laughs) So... Yeah, but <laughs> and, and when Dante describes the, their love story it's amazing because they are walking without touching each other and Paolo doesn't say a word he's just crying it, I, I mean you don't have the possibility to read in Italian but in Italian it's just great I think it's the greatest thing for me in literature is the greatest thing because you can really feel the love they have to each other and it was such a big thing, this love that they had to make it even if it was a wrong thing but they have to, to do it because it was too big. It was bigger than them. So, yeah, I love that story. <laughs> it's
0: really only a very small part of Dante, but boy, is it powerful. Oh, yeah. So, uh, if you're just joining us, I'm in conversation with principal dancer Vito Matteo. So, um, in, uh, uh, well, in program two, um, you dance three very stylistically different ballets. You've got um, Chroma, which is, you know, very intense and raw and you've got um, Mark Morris's new piece, Bows, which is kind of light and fun and camaraderie and then you've got Christopher Wheldon's, uh Number Nine, which is really you know, energetic and exuberant and all of that. So are, are any one of those particular styles more you than the other, or are you just a chameleon?
1: <laughs> I have to say I love all the three ballets and all the three styles of ballet. But particularly, I was very happy to work with Mark Morris because it was the first time with me, for me. So I love people who are very musical, who has this very amazing musicality, and he works with a... How do you say the... The musical score. Yeah, the score. And, yeah, and I, I found the style very... very interesting, because it seems not hard, but it is very, very hard, because it's four movement, and I do all the four movement without going out from from stage. I go, like, for ten seconds, and then I come back. And it's a very fun piece, and especially I love the second movement, the trio, me, Gennady, and Ruben. It's kind of, it's more intimate, that movement, and so I found the music there beautiful too, and the choice of musical the music was unbelievable because this harpsichord, it's amazing, and Brad, the harpsichord, what do you say, the the one that plays the harpsichord, it's unbelievable musician. And I love Chroma in number nine too, and it was the first time since Royal Ballet that I work again with Christopher Wildon, and it's so, like you said, energetic, and it's very it's very fresh to dance his, uh, his ballet. And, and the style is very classical, so, it's easier than like Chroma because I was training as a classical dancer. So I found more myself comfortable to to Christopher Wilden and Chroma, it's very hard. It's very hard for your muscles <laughs> because you realize that you have some muscle that you didn't know because you use all your body in a certain, especially for my height. So yeah, all the three different styles are beautiful.
0: Yeah. In, in Trio, um, you actually created that role in, this, in the second movement. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? It
1: was a very nice experience because it was the first time working with Helgi, and it was actually the first time working with Sarah Van Patten, too. And, yeah, I, um, I do this role that it's very, it's very evil because I'm death. I'm taking her, like, away from her lover and it's a very hard trio for the for all this leaf And it's it's not easy it's not easy and it's not easy to be to be not. I don't want to be like too much creepy I want to be like it's a death it's a figure of death but I'm still like a human being so
0: you're kind of a loving death really yeah
1: <laughs> yeah kind of allowing that, yeah, that's the right word. And it was nice to process because it came very easily. Uh, me, Tiet and Sarah, we work w- very well together. And, and every single performance is different. But they are usually all different the performance, but this one, in this particular case, it's very, very different because every day there is something, there is some um side that is different, there is some like port de bras that is different, that it means something else. And so it's very nice to dance this trio because you feel something that you didn't know before. So you add like little details every day that and this helps a lot for the for the ballet because every day is getting better and better. And the audience love that second movement. So yeah.
0: So, um, just as an artist, um, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm just curious about what drives you. And that sounds like a rather obvious question. I mean, what drives you? You're a dancer. Um, but how much of it is about performing? How much is it about the process and your own growth um, over time and or a combination or something else?
1: Um. I love the process of ballet now. I mean, I love performing. That's, you know, every every dancer, I think, loves to perform. Not everybody. Everybody are very scared to perform. I'm, I'm not this kind of dancer. I'm very, like, easy, and I just want to perform. I don't get nervous at all. So, yeah, no, I'm very, like, easy. But since I joined here in San Francisco Ballet, we have this three, four months at the beginning of the season from July to... October, November, that we hold the ballet. And I love that. I used to don't like a lot rehearsal. I used to like do like a week of rehearsal and then I wanted to, to do the ballet. But now it's amazing because you go in the studio and you think, now I have to find something else. I have to add more. And so the process is becoming very... A very nice experience because uh, it makes you grow quickly because you realize more in the studio because you have more time you can think about what to do you can think about your character you can think about your technique so yeah I love the process now more than performing almost yeah because it's it's something that some some dancer doesn't but now I'm starting to to like realize that the process is very very important and the more you rehearse the more you think about your role even if you are not in the ballet studio now i'm reading Roman and juliet again and i'm watching other videos i'm trying to it's not like copy it's more about like oh i like the kind of hair is is having or i like this bra, or you have to like see other people as well doing Roman Julia or something else. And I'm talking about Roman Julia now, and and you can add this portabra or whatever to your feeling to your uh, movement. And so I think this is something that we all dancers should do it because watching other people is one of the most important thing.
0: Yeah, and you have actually more opportunity here to do that than a lot, a lot of companies because of the schedule here in the Opera House. As Vito said, the rehearsal period takes place in the summer and fall, and then there's a break. Um, and um, and then they come back to these ballets in, in the spring before they open. So, so you actually have a, long, a lot of different opportunities to do exactly what you're yeah. talking about.
1: Yeah, so. especially with the story ballet, which is the hardest one, because you have to make your own thing. It's not like, yes, you read Romeo and Juliet, you understand the story, you understand the character, but then you have to put it in yourself. You have to do what you feel. If oh, I always think, if I was Romeo, what I will do here, what I will think here. And so I think that's the most important thing and the most beautiful thing of this art, because we can perform and still be ourselves.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to turn this over to the, all of you out there. So if anybody has a question for Vito, please raise your hand. Yes, right here. Are there any other uh, the question is, are there any other dancers in your family? No,
1: no, I'm the only one. I mean, my little sister wants to do that. She said she wants to do Giselle. She just want to study it because she wants to do Giselle, the medicine. And I said, okay, it's a long way. I mean, say eight years just to do the medicine is a lot. But if you want to do it, it's fine. <laughs> Anyone else? Let's
0: see. Yes. Where did you learn your excellent English? <laughs> Where did you learn your excellent English? It's not
1: excellent. But anyway, yeah, when I was in London, I first... Came to London in 2005, straight after the school, and I couldn't say hi. (laughs) And it was the first three months. It was terrible. And then you have to start, because otherwise you'll be alone for the rest of your life, especially if you want to have, like, international career, you have to speak English a little bit. But mine is not great.
0: Yes. The program says you are dancing today. Is that correct? But uh, uh, I didn't know that. Not that we know of. (laughs) Yes. How do visiting choreographers choose which dancers they will use in their ballet?
1: They are coming to class. Do you see the class? And they're choosing the people they like it. And so, yeah, this is the way they, they choose people and they choose dancers. They see us in class and then they decide which dancer it's, can be great for his choreography. So, yeah, it's just taste.
0: <laughs> yes. The, the question is, there are always multiple casts for, for a ballet, and do all, are all the dancers selected at, the, at one time and rehearsed at one time? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't understand the last one. For the multiple roles, yeah. are, are all the dancers selected by the choreographer at, at the same time and rehearsed together?
1: Um, not every time, because, for example, in Yuri Posoko, when he started to create the ballet, I wasn't in there. He, he had me after. So it's uh, not for everything. He can choose other people, other casts, like later. It depends what he creates as well, and he sees that this dancer can be good too. So it depends on the choreography too.
0: How do you develop the strength to lift the women?
1: I'm very lucky because I'm not very, like, muscle, but uh, I just have the strength to <laughs> to lift them. And, yeah, I mean, your rears every day, so you get used to maybe the first two, three rears, so you're out of breath, but then it's going to be fine.
0: No weight training?
1: Uh, sometimes, not in this period, because otherwise I'd be dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we don't want you to be dead. Was it very difficult to adjust from the stage at Covent Garden to Milan?
1: The only thing that I found very hard, I I was in Rome in July to dance Swan Lake because of the 150 years anniversary of Italy as a nation and they invited me to do Swan Lake and there the stage is rake. So that's the only problem. And we had this rake stage, I did a performance there, and then I did a performance in a open air in the bath of Caracalla. There is 14,000 people watching you, it's amazing. Uh, and the stage its wood, is not the, the um, how do you say, I don't know, the floor, the normal Mar- floor. Yeah. Vinyl floor, yeah. And so this was even harder because we are we are used to working on different floors so but this was flat so it was better because the rake stage is just very very hard
0: raked stages are not seen in the us but they're not uncommon in europe and that means that the floor is actually angled tilting down toward the audience a little bit so obviously that throws your whole center of balance off and does weird things to your ankles
1: yeah yeah you have to get used to and the first week you have to go very slowly because otherwise your back your ankles knees as well it's very dangerous for the body if you don't used to it then you adjust yourself after a week but yeah
0: okay well we are out of time but i wanted to thank you all again for coming and thank you again to our guest vito thank you so much